Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Primetime. I'm Dr. Gina, and it's great to have you with us tonight. Now, after watching four days of Democrats smearing President Donald Trump and his supporters in the second impeachment trial, the defense attorneys for Donald Trump were able to step up to the podium to defend him finally and to hit back at the attacks that have been coming, it seems like, endlessly from the Democrats all week long. Democrats have been playing videos from uh, Trump's words all week long and taking them out of context. And finally today, Team Trump played the video of his words alongside the words of the Democrats. It was good. Check it out. Contrast the president's repeated condemnations of violence with the rhetoric from his opponents. I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters. The vast majority of, of the protesters have been peaceful. Republicans stand for law and order and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law enforcement. And you push back on them, and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. We will never defund our police. Together, we will ensure that America is a nation of law and order. We're in high school. I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. But I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. I feel like punching him. We just want law and order. Everybody wants that. I want to tell you, Lord Judge, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. We want law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. We believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we believe in law and order. Then Trump's attorney, Michael Vanderveen, read through some of the best quotes of Democrats excusing and, yes, inciting violence around the country. And he went through so many examples of that, we couldn't include them all. But let's listen to just a little. Moreover, many Democrat politicians endorsed and encouraged the riots that destroyed vast swaths of American cities last summer. When violent left-wing anarchists conducted a sustained assault on a federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon, Speaker Pelosi did not call it an insurrection. Instead, she called the federal law enforcement officers protecting the building stormtroopers. When violent mobs destroyed public property, she said, people will do what they do. 
the Attorney General of the state of Massachusetts stated, yes, America is burning, but that's how forests grow. And the hits just kept on coming. Trump's team has been hard at work compiling so much Democrat hypocrisy that it was tough to tell whether this was an impeachment trial of Trump or of the Democrats. Listen to this one. That same hatred and anger has led House managers to ignore their own words and actions and set a dangerous double standard. The House managers spoke about rhetoric, about a constant drumbeat of heated language. Well, as I'm sure everyone watching expected, we need to show you some of their own words. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. you got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. No, I wish we were in high school, I could take him behind the gym. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Take them out now. Okay. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Please get up in the face of some Congress people. People will do what they do. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. We're going to go in there, we're going to... This is just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? <laughs> Ooh, and the cackle. Well, there's a lot more really great sound from the impeachment trial today, but let's check out what's been happening over on MSNBC. Joy Reid and her guests were busy painting any Republican who doesn't turn on Donald Trump as a terrorist. And... She says the Republican Party is a terrorist organization. You won't believe this. Do we need to start having a serious conversation, not just about Donald Trump being a bad guy, but about the Republican Party becoming a radicalized anti-democratic institution? Because you can't have a regular party like the Democrats who have their flaws and we can make issue, have issue with them, and a party that is willing to seize power by force. Because that's what that sounded like to me. And all I have to ask for them, ask of them is the same thing the impeachment managers asked all day. What is worthy of impeachment? Yeah, apparently, um, Kurt Bardella, consensual sex. Because they a lot of these people were in office and impeached Bill Clinton um, over a sexual affair. Um, but in this case, and they wanted, they were talking a lot of them about a pre-impeachment of Hillary Clinton over her emails or over Benghazi. If you watch the proceedings, the presentations that Democrats have offered over the last couple of days, and you don't walk away feeling something, you are a sociopath. From this point forward, they are the party that champions anti-democratic values. They are the party that champions the silencing of the votes of people of color in this country. They are the party 
that champions violence and insurrection and domestic terrorism. The Republican Party, if they allow this to happen and allow no consequences to befall the person who led the charge and literally instructed people to commit violence and mayhem on our capital, if they allow that to happen, the Republican Party is basically a domestic terrorist cell at this point, and they should be treated as such. The idea that this party that spent year after year issuing subpoenas, holding depositions, holding hearings, select committees, had Hillary Clinton in front of the Benghazi committee for more than 10 hours of testimony, that that, that Republican Party can't even be bothered to show up and listen to the presentation of these impeachment managers is, is a betrayal of justice, is a betrayal of everything that this party profess to once stand for, and we should never forget that and never let them off the hook for that. And of course, that last guest speaking is part of the disgraced Lincoln Project that is now known for grooming gay young men in sexual situations, and we have more on that coming up. It is disgusting, and you won't want to miss it, so stick around for that. But first, let's head around America to our hosts and correspondents on the ground. Let's head to Washington, D.C. to check in with the host of Just the News AM, Carrie Sheffield. Carrie, go ahead. Hey there, Dr. Gina. I think you'll find this piece very interesting, you as a mother. So over in the UK, they're using taxpayer money for this hospital system, and reportedly the nurses there are being advised to swap the words such as breast milk for the more inclusive human milk. They say as midwives and birth workers, we focus on improving access and health outcomes for marginalized and disadvantaged groups. Women are frequently disadvantaged in healthcare, as are trans and non-binary people. By continuing to use the term woman, we commit to working on addressing health inequalities for all who use our services. Well, in response to this, conservative commentator Liz Wheeler says, funny, my brand new baby girl tried to latch onto my husband, but no chest milk came out. How does leftist science explain that? So they're trying to use the words chest milk or human milk instead of using specific terms for women like breast milk. And this has really sparked a big outcry because, again, this is using taxpayer money for the NHS system over there in the UK. And the big also um, point that this misses is actually that men have breasts and men can actually get breast cancer. My producer was talking about a friend of his who is a male who had breast cancer. So uh, this is ignoring that fact. And uh, the language here is trying to be taken over and changed. Um, we'll, of course, continue to monitor this. And for now, back to you, Dr. Gina. We've lost our collective minds, Carrie. I remember my babies when I was nursing them, would sometimes try to suck on my nose or my cheek or my chin. No milk comes out. There's only one place, and it only comes out of the woman from that place. So, wow, Carrie, that is, that is one of the crazier stories I myself have ever heard. Thank you so much. Let's head on over to Denver, Colorado, to the Real America's Voice headquarters, RAV, to check in with Jessica Rivera. Jessica, what do you have for us tonight? Well, Dr. Gina, I recently spoke with crisis management expert and author Eric Desenhall about how his firm goes about preventing character assassinations of people and businesses. Take a listen. People are being forced to apologize for things that they didn't necessarily do that weren't necessarily that bad. And nowadays, we have this Twitter mob that demands an execution. We demand that anybody goes down for no matter what infraction. And the very suggestion 
that there is some difference between the monstrous things that Harvey Weinstein did and the lesser things that Al Franken did, you're, you're pilloried for even suggesting that there is some continuum. A vast majority of times, what people will do is apologize because it knocks it out of the news quicker. However, what's happening more and more is people are apologizing and still losing their job. And Desmond Hall believes no matter how fast an apology is put out nowadays, society is not happy unless a business or person is completely destroyed. Some people are not happy until they see uh, the public execution of a person's character. And Dr. Gina, that is exactly what the Democrats' goal is when it comes to this Senate impeachment trial. They are trying their very hardest to make President Trump a pariah. But what the trial is really actually doing is it's proving Democrats are the boy who cried wolf. And I think a lot of Americans and people around the world can clearly see this. Yeah, it's a great point, Jessica. You know, it was interesting and it felt kind of good to see conservatives fight back today, didn't it? Oops, I said fight. Maybe I shouldn't say fight. I just meant in the figurative sense. <laughs> don't, Absolutely, don't think that word. For saying fight. <laughs> Absolutely, that word coming out of a conservative or a Republican um, mouth has different meaning nowadays, and I think um, they've changed it. But, you know, we shouldn't be surprised because I think they take a lot of terms and they give them whatever definitions they, they see fit. Right, exactly. If a conservative says it, whole different set of rules. Jessica, thank you so much for that. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Now back over to Washington, D.C. We're going to check in with Nick Vallisi from Just the News there in our D.C. headquarters. Nick, you and the crew at JTN have been keeping track of all of the impeachment trial news. So uh, let us know, Nick, if we can get you here. I know we're getting you. Uh, what are you working on tonight? There we go. Well, I've been following impeachment very closely all four days. And the summary of what's going on right now is that we're looking forward to the vote. And if you examine what happened on the opening day of the trial, where there was a vote about the constitutionality of having the trial all together, you see that a six Republicans sided with the Democrats on that vote. And from what I'm hearing, those are the six Republicans most likely to side with the Democrats again for a conviction. The vote is expected to happen tomorrow, but that's not enough, right? They need 17. So all eyes are on a senator like Portman. Maybe he will flip. Uh, we'll have to see. But 17 is a lot of Republicans for the Democrats to get on board to actually vote to convict President Trump in this trial. And wow, there was just a lot to unpack from both sides of the uh, oral arguments. And I would say one of the most interesting takeaways from what happened during the oral arguments was when the Democrats kept saying yesterday through their about eight hours of a presentation, they kept saying, look, uh, that this was foreseeable, the violence on January 6th, and Trump was inciting his supporters ahead of the rally. Well, if you take that premise, if it was foreseeable, where was Pelosi? Where was McConnell? I've been trying to find out for a long time now what they knew. I haven't been able to get answers from their offices. Were they briefed on threats of violence if this was widely known in the intelligence community? I mean, did Pelosi want the National Guard there? Did her office not want the National Guard there? What did McConnell do about this? If he was briefed on these issues, we need to find these questions out. And I think 
Trump's defense did mention that there's been no formal investigation, a no formal conclusion, no for, uh, formal findings yet on exactly why the proper security wasn't in place on January 6th ahead of time. There's a lot of questions that remain, and I think that's the issue for these Republican senators, that there's so many unanswered questions and that there was a lot of voids that the House managers did not fill here. So I think we're looking at a acquittal for President Trump, a second one at that. Yeah, we're, there are dead people that we don't know why they're dead. We don't know who killed them or how, they're, how they were killed, and those investigations are being kept from the public eye. Um, we don't know, you know, your investigations have told us that this has been planned for a long time coming, but we don't really know what groups are behind it. Um, there's no conclusive evidence on any of that that I've seen. Um, and so, you know, to, to lay this at the, at, the, at the feet of Donald Trump seems extraordinarily premature, uh, if not completely ridiculous, right? Especially by any sort of legal terms, which the Senate isn't bound by legal terms, but still just by basic logic and reason. Uh, I, it just won't sit with the American people, I don't think, and it will forever. And I think the Senate knows this. I certainly know the American people um, on Main Street know this. It will forever weaponize the process of impeachment. Well, and also when you look ahead at this, right, I think when you see the vote that's going to happen likely tomorrow, it's whether Trump's acquitted or whether he's guilty, we might see the Democrats try to put up a vote for censure. I was digging into that today while watching the trial, right. sending out requests uh, to find out exactly what sources on the Hill of mine are saying about it. We could see a censure resolution that has 14th Amendment language in it to try to bar Trump from serving in public office. I'm not hearing that a lot of Republicans will get behind that effort, but there's a chance you could see a few more Republicans who did not want to get behind a conviction possibly get behind some sort of resolution to bar him from serving in office. Would it pass, though? It needs 60 votes to pass. The Democrats have 50 seats. They've got Kamala Harris as a tie-breaking vote. They still might be short on a censure resolution as well. And then after this, we have to look ahead. Are the Democrats in the House going to investigate this? And in the Senate, are we going to find answers to the questions that have, have come out during the course of these oral arguments about why the proper security wasn't in place, who made these decisions, who's ultimately responsible, and then, of course, what, what groups exactly were behind this. We have to find all these things out, and, and hopefully those, right. will, uh, those developments will come out after the trial concludes. Thank you so much, McFallacy. We'll, we'll stay tuned to Just the News, and, uh, and I know you'll keep plugging away. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now we're going to head to the streets of Washington, D.C. We're going to check in with our own Ben Burquam of RAV, who has been bundled up in the cold to see if there's any action on the streets there. Ben in the beanie. How's it going out there tonight? All quiet on the uh, we are on the western <laughs> front of the Capitol. It's uh, yeah, it's quiet. I mean, it, but I have to say in, in watching all of the uh, hearings today, uh, it was a total evisceration. The Wisconsin senator said it best, total evisceration of the Democrats' arguments. Uh, there was clearly, I mean, if you, if you compare, if that's the standard that we want to make for impeaching a president uh, or impeaching or holding uh, politicians accountable 
Just about every single Democrat would be censured or impeached or removed from office for the language that they've used in the past. And so I think this whole thing is just a, a reshuffling of the deck. Uh, I did find it really interesting. I was listening. The, probably the, the most uh, difficult part to listen to was the questioning by uh, both sides tonight. But man, some of the questions that these people, these Democrats in particular, were asking, I just I kept asking myself, who votes for these morons? Uh, and I guess that right. comes back to us. Well, maybe it depends on if you trust the vote. Uh, and that was the other thing. So talking to people on the ground, uh, I, I think the, the uh, President Trump's attorneys did a, a yeoman's job today, especially in comparison to Tuesday. But uh, what it still keeps being brought back up to me by Trump supporters is uh, they still want to get to the bottom of the election. And there is still major questions, uh, major fraud allegations out there. Uh, keep in mind, President Trump's attorneys, they've won two thirds of the cases that have actually gone to trial. Uh, yeah, the, most of them have been thrown out for timing or standing or other issues, but they've won two thirds of them and there's still 30 some odd that are still going through the process. And so for the, the Democrats to say that simply by asking the question, after they spent four years saying that President Trump and Russia stole the 2016 election, is disingenuous at best. It, it really goes back to what the, tr Trump's attorneys said. It's hypocritical. And that is something the Democrats know an awful lot about. They sure do. All right, Ben, we appreciate that report. And thanks for bearing the cold to give it to us. Thanks, Dr. Jim. All right, coming up. Absolutely. Coming up, did Trump's lawyers do all they needed to do today to defend President Trump? Well, Ben says yes. We're going to get into more of that and what you think up next on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay where you are. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. I'm so glad you are with us. Hey, don't forget, if you are listening to us on the podcast over at Just the News, you can watch us every single day, 7 p.m. Eastern, at Real America's Voice, which you can find on Dish, on Pluto, on Roku, basically the way I like to say it, the way our founder Rob says that he says, anywhere you have glass, you can get us. And that's true. And also, if you are watching us at RAV, Real America's Voice, don't forget, you can go over and find my podcast, Dr. Gina Primetime, and that is at Just the News. You go to the little hamburger up in the corner, uh, and go to click on podcasts, scroll down, look for my face, and uh, there you go. You can listen to the podcast while you're running or working out or whatever it is you do at your convenience. Now, today was Team Trump's first opportunity to correct the record, and after days of watching the Democrats talk about how President Trump caused a violent insurrection by questioning election results. We're never supposed to do that unless we're Democrats. Uh, Trump's attorneys played a fun little video reminding the Democrats that uh, they are experts, actually, on questioning elections. Let's check it out. As recently as 2016, the Clinton campaign brought multiple post-election court cases, demanded recounts, and ridiculously declared the election stolen by Russia. 
Many Democrats even attempted to persuade the Electoral College delegates to overturn the 2016 results. House Manager Raskin objected to the certification of President Trump's victory four years ago, along with many of his colleagues. You'll remember it was Joe Biden who had to gavel them down. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally certified. No debate. Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral votes no, were no not. Debate. There's no debate. And I object to the certificate. Uh, from the state of North Carolina. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um, I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot be entertained. Counting debate is uh, not in order. Ballot. Even with the there is no debate in order. Is it signed by a senator? There is no debate. There is no debate in the joint session. There is no debate. There is no debate. There is no debate. And the mass Please come to order. The objection cannot be received. But the Russian Section 18, Title III of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States senator who will join me in this letter? There is no debate. There is no debate. The gentlewoman will suspend. So... You're absolutely not allowed to question elections unless you're a Democrat, and then you can question them all you want. And also, did you know that if you use the word fight, if you are a conservative, then you actually mean that you want to start an insurrection and overthrow the U.S. government. These are the rules as defined by the Democrats. Well, this is what they say that President Trump meant when he said fight. But the Trump team put together a little video of the hypocrisy um, of the Dems saying that the word fight was actually good. Watch. Whose side are you on? Who are you fighting for? They're fighting, or I'm fighting. We're both fighting. We will fight back. We're not going to just take this line down. I'm just going to keep the fight up. What we have to do right now is fight as hard as we can. We have to rise up and, and fight back. And so we're going to fight, and we're going to continue to fight. I am going to be fighting, fighting like hell keep fighting, 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 or we kept fighting and we did. So we're going to keep fighting. We have to be fighting every every uh, single day. We have to fight back and we have no choice but to do that. I think we're doing the right thing to do that. Uh, fighting. And I'm fighting. Well, our job right now is to fight. It's really important. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm asking for the support of people across the country to fight back. And you got to be fierce uh, in uh, fighting. Keep fighting. Brown have been fighting. I've told President Biden I will fight like mad. I'll tell you what. Now, more than ever, we have to fight like hell. And here with me now to discuss former U.S. Attorney Guy Lewis. Guy, great to have you back. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you got to appreciate that, you know, they take full license. They can question elections. They can use the word fight when they do. In fact, it's good. It's patriotic. It's, it's promoting of diversity. It's all things God and country and American pie. But you, Guy, and for crying out loud, Donald Trump, for sure, is never allowed to ever ask a question about an election or to use the word fight. Because if you do it or he does it or I do it, 
uh, or anyone like us does it, uh, then it means that you are inciting an insurrection. Do you have your orders, comrade? Boy, Gina, I've prosecuted a lot of cases in my time, and you talk about leading with your chin. I I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. Listen, I understand they come out and they play this emotional video at the very beginning, and uh, that was, you know, in some respects powerful. But then when you start actually peeling back the layers of the onion and you see how disingenuous, how they themselves have uh, said worse things than the president, and then you don't have, you have the fundamental unfairness of no witnesses, a two-day proceeding, no hearings at all, no cross-examination. I mean, it was a sham. It was an absolute sham. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Guy, I want to go back to something that I saw yesterday. The contrast, I think, is really important. And I didn't see anybody else talk about this. But I caught this, and I was just floored by this. Democrat House impeachment manager Jamie Raskin recited a Voltaire quote. It's one that I listen to a lot, but I want you to hear how he used it. And I want to get your thoughts. Listen. And she said, I think it was when Voltaire said, anyone who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. There's no merit whatsoever to any of the free speech rhetoric, the empty free speech rhetoric you may hear from President Trump's lawyers. He attacked the First Amendment. He attacked the Constitution. He betrayed his oath of office. Presidents don't have any right to do that. The level of audacity, Guy, that he must have to take that quote and use it in that way, quite a twist. What do you think? I, I got to tell you, in my experience, I, I've actually seen... Uh, lawyers do that, uh, where they go in and either quote the famous quote or something from the Bible, or they're clearly, clearly, it's so transparent what they're trying to do. And then if you misquote it, oh my gosh, you talk about uh, opening up the, uh, the the argument in front of the jury again about how dishonest. Look, the, the House managers, their job was to build the case. And they do that through evidence. They do it through facts. They do it honestly, and they do it openly. That's how you build the case. I mean, look at look, like it or not, Nixon. That hearing went on for months and months and months. Witness after witness, documents. I mean, that was an investigation and a presentation. Like it or not, it resulted in his, that. What happened with Nixon? What happened with Trump? Boy, oh boy, we're on different worlds, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Alternate universe. Okay, in a court of law, Guy, uh, you, can't, you, you can't get away with what the Democrats have said and done at this impeachment trial. But this isn't a court of law. And Trump's attorneys tried to remind everyone, everyone today that you, you can't just say the word reportedly. Watch this. The frequency with which House managers relied on unproven media reports shocked me as I sat in this chamber and listened to this. And there's a lot that we don't know yet about what happened that day. According to those around him at the time, reportedly responded. Trump reportedly reports across all major media outlets. Major news networks, including Fox News, reported. Reported. Reportedly summoned. Reportedly. Reportedly not accidental. According to reports, President Trump was reportedly, who reportedly spoke to the guard. 
and was widely reported. Media reports? According to reports, reported. Reportedly. As any trial lawyer will tell you, reportedly is a euphemism for, I have no real evidence. <laughs> All right, your reaction. <laughs> it, it's, it's almost hard to believe that we're trying to use uh, excerpts, and not even honest excerpts, but cut and paste, spliced excerpts from CNN, MSNBC, and, and some of the others who clearly, clearly have an agenda. And we're trying to use that, that disingenuous, dishonest information, unimpeached, uninvestigated, anonymous source information to, impre to impeach a president of the United States. I got to tell you, what history, I believe, Gina, I, I believe history is going to remember this impeachment. Now they're what, 0 and 2? And they're going to remember these House managers and this Congress in a very, very poor way. Well, Guy, we always appreciate your wealth of experience as, as a very, very experienced attorney. And uh, it means a lot, especially watching these these proceedings, which aren't court proceedings, but it's important to note that all the way along and to compare and contrast. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Great to see you again. Thanks. All right, coming up, the anti-Trump Lincoln Project says that the Republican Party is becoming a terror organization. But are they just trying to distract from the very disgusting skeletons in their closet? Timing a little suspect, too. We're going to tell you all about it. Up next, more Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay where you are. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back. So back to Gina Primetime. Now, breaking news about the anti-Trump Lincoln projects, the one that did all those nasty commercials you saw all the way through the campaign. After the sex scandal in that organization, Steve Schmidt, the co-founder, has just now resigned. Here to react to this is the point person who has been on the trail of the Lincoln Project, the person who broke all of these stories. He happens to be on our show right now, live, Ryan Gerdeski. Ryan, your reaction to this news? I'm furious right now. I, you know, Steve Schmidt should have resigned but he should, he should be responsible. He wrote in his resignation letter, which is six pages long, three or four of them are about how he was molested as a child by a guy named Gay Ray, and he was, they were never held accountable, and how he knew nothing, and how he is, you know, that John Weaver has brought him back to the place of his childhood of being molested and feeling like a victim. Okay, it doesn't matter about you, Steve Schmidt. One, there are multiple people who are saying that you, they, you expressed knowing as early as October that you were told possibly even earlier than that. You knew I was working on a story all summer long, as well as many other people were. A former intern warned people in order to sit there and get a job um, that never materialized either, who was one of my sources on the original story. You are culpable. You ran an organization to hold people accountable if we're working for the Trump administration on everything that he did. 
You wanted to make sure that everyone was held accountable for Donald Trump. Now you are in an organization where someone was a child predator, where they preyed on both children and adults, on young men who had no institutional power, and they looked at John Weaver for some kind of opportunity. And you ran that organization and you had heard about things, and you know you've heard about things. And now you're lying and claiming victimhood and saying you can't be held accountable like you want to hold every person in the Trump administration accountable. I am furious right now at his letter of resignation. Denying culpability, it is disgusting. Everything they claim Trump was is what these people were. They ran a organization that employees described as being homophobic, as being anti-woman, as being derogatory, using derogatory language constantly, calling, calling, referring to people as faggots. I don't know if it's a curse word, but they were using a derogatory term, You're swinging it around. Okay. Yes. Yeah. But no, that's the organization that they ran. That's the type of environment that Steve Schmidt was responsible for, that it was used for two things, a grift to make money and a predatory organization for John Weaver to try to get young men in bed. That's what that organization was. That's all it was. They had four objective goals. Get rid of Susan Collins, get rid of Lindsey Graham, get rid of Mitch McConnell, and make sure Republicans don't vote for Trump. They failed on all four accounts. It is a grift. Well, they apparently- have any honor. Sorry. And apparently doxing and apparently doxing everyone associated also with the Trump campaign and administration, correct? Correct. That was what their ultimate job was post the administration was to dox them. Even more outrageous is the fact that last night they someone in their organization allegedly I had heard through good sources that people in their organization started breaking into uh, members' Twitter's accounts and employees' Twitter's accounts to find out who was leaking to the press. They took screenshots of it and posted it on Twitter, which is a violation of federal law. That, thank God, right. G- George Conway mentioned that you are breaking federal law, and they deleted the tweets soon afterwards. This is an outrageous behavior by these people. And this is why their employees lived in fear. This is why their young men lived in fear. This is why when I broke the story, I had my parents calling me, begging me not to do it because they were living in fear. And that's why everyone I knew when I was working the story knew about this and wouldn't say a word because they were afraid for themselves. Because that is the kind of attitude that they brought. So they can call Trump a bully, a misogynist, a sexist, a rapist. They can call him anything they want to do. Everything that they accused him of is what they are. And I am so sick of anyone who's being accused of something to say, I'm gay, like John Weaver did in Axios story, like saying I was molested, like Steve Schmidt just did in his resignation letter. I am so sick of it. It is so full of lies and nonsense and not taking responsibility for the actions and the organization that you ran. If that's what you want from President Trump and all of his top employees, you should sit there and do the same thing. But you're incapable of doing because you made $1.5 million in a single year your company did, and you're trying to make sure a grift went on as long as possible because you're an immediate celebrity because it was the media that gave you legitimacy and it's the media that kept you going and it's the media that filled $87 million in their coffers. And Nicole Wallace is held accountable because she worked with John Weaver. She, I, I don't know what story she's heard about him, but she worked with John Weaver during the John McCain campaign and she had Lincoln Project people on. CNN, MSNBC, Lincoln Project people went on there 21 times after my story broke. They didn't even bother asking a question. And out. If they're so outraged by this behavior of John Weaver, they sat on it for three weeks after my story came out, until the New York Times story came out. Everything yeah. they are saying is lies. My understanding is that uh, to, to at least to this 
as of this show tonight, my understanding is that uh, CNN had not even covered this story. We'll see if they do now. Spokesmen for the disgraced anti-Trump Lincoln Project are making the rounds on TV this week. Kurt Bardella from the Lincoln Project slammed Republicans on Joy Reid's MSNBC show last night, labeling the Republican Party, the Republican Party, a terrorist organization. Listen. If you watch the proceedings, the presentations that Democrats have offered over the last couple of days, and you don't walk away feeling something, you are a sociopath. There is something fundamentally wrong and broken with you. What we are witnessing is the full embrace of the Republican Party of the most extreme and radical and racist elements of their base. There is no coming back from this. From this point forward, they are the party that champions anti-democratic values. They are the party that champions the silencing of the votes of people of color in this country. They are the party that champions violence and insurrection and domestic terrorism. The Republican Party, if they allow this to happen and allow no consequences to befall the person who led the charge and literally instructed people to commit violence and mayhem on our Capitol, if they allow that to happen, the Republican Party is basically a domestic terrorist cell at this point, and they should be treated as such. Kind of fancy anybody from the Lincoln Project, specifically Kurt Bardella here, saying the Republican Party is a radicalized, anti-democratic institution that has become a domestic terrorist cell. That's a direct quote. And they further, he further said that, that they champion racism and violence. Ryan, your reaction, while knowingly they are doing all the things that you just told us about. Yeah, if there's anyone who's an expert on terrorizing people, it's people who worked and managed people at the Lincoln Project. What a bunch of hypocrites. I hope, I hope to, I hope there is a God in heaven who has to judge these people on their souls. And I hope that money that they sleep on is really sweet in life because they sold everything out and they are the biggest hypocrites right now. I don't care about any of their opinions. No one should. And every one of their major donors should have to answer to media questions right now about how they feel about giving money to an organization that was used to prey on young men. And I think that, honest to God, if it was young women and not young men, a lot of people at certain media outlets would be a lot faster to sit there and talk about it. I don't think that they cared as much because it was young men. So I, I really don't care what his opinion is at all. I just, I just don't. Well, just as a mother of young boys, that's really, really disgusting to think about, Ryan. I hate to say it, but I, I'm guessing you're probably right. Um, and it, just I can't tell you how much we all, mothers of sons, appreciate your hard work and blood, sweat, and tears and sacrifice for the work that you've done on this and exposing this disgusting situation. And the only thing, you know, that is really sad about it, honestly, is the timing and how much they got away with and for how long they did it before they were caught. But thank I you really so much, Ryan Gradesky, for being with us. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Go ahead. I, know, I, I tried hard all summer to get it out. I really did, and I couldn't get someone on record, okay. and I wish I did earlier. Thank you so much, Ryan Gerdeski. Coming up, President Trump's impeachment attorneys put the smackdown on the Democrats today. Daryl Scott, host of SmackDown, and Bruce Lavelle are up to sort it all out for you. You won't want to miss it. It's always fun here on that segment on Freedom Fridays, so stick around. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I got this. Hey, welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It's Freedom Friday. Seems fitting uh, that we had this trial today and finally got a little bit of therapeutic (laughs) fight back, right? Trump's impeachment defense attorneys, they did come out swinging. You might say they even put the smackdown on the Democrats' arguments. So that's why we had to invite some of our faves back on the show. And we can't have a party on Friday night without Bruce Lavelle. Bruce, it's good to see you. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy Friday. I was just on my way to get some sushi, but I'd rather be here than at the sushi shop. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's why on the on the break you greeted me with konnichiwa. Yeah, I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? All right, because we're having we're in the sushi mood. All right, Bruce. Well, today felt good. You've got to admit it. Uh, we 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 finally got a little bit of uh, you know. I felt like we just we got some clarity about what really happened, some context, some, some, you know, some validation of what we all knew was true. But it was nice to hear it, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me. Listen, you know, the interesting thing, you know, I was kind of reflecting on this based on my my history and my father, my family here in the South, Dr. G. But let me tell you, the cancel culture, people kind of throw that around randomly. They try to cancel us out. And, you know, yeah. in the in the past, we're cancel us out where we couldn't ride the front of the bus or let alone drink at a fountain. And the same party that did that is now canceling wow. out our free speech just because we disagree with their policies. We get it. We get our Twitter's cut off. We get our social media's attacked. And it's it's bizarre, Dr. G. But the most thing that really is so perplexed for me is that here we are trying to uh, impeach a U.S. citizen. I'm just, I don't get this. And it's its scary, yeah. the fact that, you know, I told my Democrat friends, Dr. G, you guys don't straighten up. This could be you, you know? So this stuff is it's not true. funny and to be played with. No, it's true. Because after they've done this twice, uh, if, if I, I just don't know how Republicans won't fall to the pressure that is going to come from the grassroots base to use the impeachment process as a weapon going forward. I mean, yep. why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? And and when you look at the evidence that uh, President Trump's attorneys used today to show the hypocrisy, uh, not yep. just of using the word fight, which seems to be the entire basis of their of their of their conclusion <laughs> that the president should be impeached, the free citizen as you the U.S. citizen as he is now, private citizen President Trump, um, but also. Um, you know, not being able to question elections. It seems like that, those are the two rules that apply only to us and and to President Trump, but not to them. Yeah, and you know, let me tell you something, Dr. G, let's dive in a little deeper here. Imagine you and I know a lot of great people that are very well qualified to run for a lot of House seats, Senate seats, et cetera. We both agree that. Imagine what this does to the really qualified, great Americans. They'll look at this and like, I don't know if I want to do that. And that's the disturbing part more than anything is to driving away. And, you know, we went through this trying to get people appointed. I don't think we got 40 plus percent of people uh, appointed that should have been appointed like any other previous presidents so they could run 
the uh, government the correct way. We ran at 40% because they kept blocking our, our yeah. nominees or coming up with excuses. So this is the this thing that really disturbs me. I'm putting my own party chairman hat on here. But I, it, it, you, you often wonder, like, gosh, is this going to run off all the great people like you that could be running for yeah. Senate down there or, or Congress down there in Florida? You know, yeah, no. is this what we're going <laughs> with, Dr. G? It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, Bruce, I want to get to our meme of the day because it's one of our favorite parts. Watch. Now, today, our meme of the day is actually a tweet from Tim Young on Twitter, but we're making it work for our meme of the day today because it says, Hollywood blacklisting celebrities for being conservatives. I did not see that coming, spelled N-A-Z-I. I thought that was pretty funny. I want to, uh, Bruce, I want to get your take on that. Honey, oh, let 20 me tell seconds, you so you got to go fast. Listen, 20 listen seconds. I was a military kid. I've been in Germany. I've traveled the world. I saw what happened, the atrocities, when that word was used to oppress my Jewish brothers and sisters and what happened with that. Yeah. You know, that, that it's a little strange, a little funny, but it makes a lot of sense, Dr. G. And it's actually yep. scary. It really is. A little scary. Well, they want to compare us all the time. So there you go, Bruce. Thank you so much. 